Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want, this is what I need, if you don't have to go, I can set you free, are you gonna make a move, are you gonna come and see, whatever you wanna do, you know what's cool with me. Today's podcast is a solo episode and it's on a topic that I am frequently asked about over on Instagram and that is introducing a partner to your children. Now bear in mind I am not a psychologist, I'm not an expert at all in the area of introducing children or blending families. In fact I've done a podcast episode previously with a therapist Monique Harding and we speak specifically on the nuances of blending a family particularly when there are children on both sides. But what I can offer you in this podcast episode is my lived experience albeit I guess kind of limited because I've only introduced the boys to two people but there are things that I have done that I do really believe have helped to make both of those introductions successful and to help integrate a romantic partnership into our family unit so of course you know, everyone's situation is different. And I can't speak to every single dynamic out there, but I can share with you the things that are at the top of my mind when it comes to this topic. It's a delicate situation, depending on the dynamic that you have. And I think it's one of those things that you want to do in the best way possible for each and everyone involved. But most importantly, for the children. So I think the best place to start is if you are single and dating and you're obviously interacting with people and you're developing feelings, you're having crushes on people, whatever it is, the first thing is to really think about whether or not you do want that person to meet your children. Now that seems obvious, right? But I would just caution anyone to introduce their children to someone who they are just casually dating because of the potential implications. Now, when I say implications, what I mean um, is it's not great for children to, and again, this is age dependent and it depends on their temperament as well. But typically for children to really thrive in their environment, they need stability and predictability and they need to be able to safely predict the outcome of many situations and also the people that are in their life. Now, if they have gone through, if children have gone through a marriage breakdown, a family separation, they will be impacted by that. It's an adverse childhood experience and it's tricky. And again, it all depends on how kids process it. But if they have struggled, which most kids will, um, if they've struggled with that family separation, We've got to be mindful that they've already lost 
their sense of family unit as they knew it and they're developing this new family dynamic so stability is important in terms of the people that are introduced to their lives because if people are coming and going all the time it makes it hard for children to bond it makes it hard for children to feel really confident and safe and stable and to rely upon the presence of people in their lives. So really asking yourself, do you even want the person you're dating to meet your children? Now, for some people, you might not feel like you have an option. Your back could be up against the wall in terms of if you have full-time care of your children, they're young, you have very limited support, you may very well find yourself in a situation where your kids have to kind of meet the person that you are dating. But that said, I would encourage anyone in the early days to get creative with how they begin meeting someone. What I mean by that is, can you have a coffee date while your child is at daycare versus going out for dinner if you don't have support, you don't have someone that can watch your child? Um, You know, you might not be able to go and have sleepovers and that's just the way that it is because there might not be another parent involved in caring for your child or children you may just be limited um i you know just anecdotally can share with you that i know of a couple who are incredibly happy and on their first date mum took her two kids along to the date and they met at a park for a play and it was very low pressure and they're still together now so it's not to say that it's a terrible idea to let someone that you're dating meet your children But I think it does depend a lot on the age of the child, their comprehension level, their temperament. And I think in an ideal situation, you would have the time and space to get to know someone separate from introducing them to your children. I really believe as a parent, I I believe for me, my role is to protect the boys And of course, that means physically, but it also means just emotionally protect them from going on unnecessary emotional roller coasters or have someone come into their life that's going to leave again. That said, parenting is full of contradictions. There's so many different um, levels of tension in parenting, whereby in one hand, you're doing one thing, you know, with one hand, you're protecting them. And then with the other hand, you're exposing them. So it's that fine dance, like it's just working out that balance that you feel comfortable with and that they feel good about too. When you are considering introducing your kids to the person you are dating, you're involved with, you might like to have a bit of a system in place in terms of, or like a bit of a blanket rule of how long you want to get to know someone before introducing the children. I think that's really beneficial if it's the first person they're going to be meeting, if they are particularly sensitive children, if you're really uncertain of how that relationship is going to unfold. I know for me, when I first had a boyfriend after going through a marriage separation, it was like a year and a half later, I had met someone, it was all going very well, all very positive, but I put this Um, rule in place for myself and for him but most importantly for the children that he was not going to meet the boys until we had known each other for at least six months the reason I came up with that time frame was because the boys were still really grieving 
for the loss of their family unit. They both still really wanted mum and dad to be in the same household. So I just knew that it wasn't right to introduce them to someone, you know, the concept of of their mum, of either of their parents having a new partner was a very new concept to them. And because I have the dynamic where I co-parent, the boys are with me for six days and they're with their dad for three nights, I have that space and opportunity. And in that situation, the person I was dating also had that space and opportunity to be flexible and see me in that time that I didn't have the kids. So it just felt like a very easy rule to have in place. Also for the person I was seeing, it was a good rule for him as well because he wasn't ready to rush in either. Now I have had people recently, you know, fast forward a year and a half and however long, I've had people recently say to me, what happened to your six month rule with introducing boyfriends? And I've had to explain like that was a a rule and a boundary that I had in place that really was born of circumstances because that's what we needed. We all needed that boundary. Whereas now the kids are turning nine in a couple of months in November and they also have experience with their parents dating other people such as their part, their dad has had the same partner for I think about two years now. So it's not a foreign concept. They've been exposed to me having a boyfriend. They've been exposed to me not having a boyfriend and going through a breakup. I've also spoken with them a little bit about dating. I've let them know when I've been dating people, not to the point of like, oh, I went on this many dates or we did that, but I will let them know, oh, I'm feeling, you know, I'd let them know in the past. I'm feeling like I'm ready to go out and have, you know, a date with someone and start meeting people again just to build up their, um, I guess, peripheral vision that that's a possibility that they would eventually meet someone else again. So you might want to introduce certain kind of systems, boundaries, rules that are applicable for where you are at in your current stage, but that doesn't mean that that's going to be the blanket rule forevermore. I think it's very important that we normalize changing situations, moving the bar, moving the goalposts when things do change as well. So just think, do you want your child, your children, your child to meet this person? Why is it important? Is it more of a circumstantial thing that you just don't have time and space? Or is it because you really do feel like there's a lot of longevity here? Um, It's also important that the people that you are getting romantically involved with do have the capacity to see you in that stage of your life as well, to see you as a mum and to understand the gravity of being involved with someone who has children. And I don't say that to make it sound like, oh, holy hell, it's so scary to date someone that has kids. But it is a different thing to date someone who has children. They have responsibilities, they have obligation. There's the everyday life of what it's like to actually have to, you know, not have to, but get to raise children, it can be a different thing. And so I think that there's a case to be made for the importance of someone that you are falling in love with, knowing all assets, all facets, I should say, all facets of your lifestyle. The speed at which you introduce someone is really just depending on how you're feeling and where your children are at. I know my boys 
at you know this age even though they're still babies eight <laughs> um their comprehension level and ability to cope process understand and feel supported in meeting someone is worlds apart from when they were five years old you know and of course that comes with age but also exposure and experience as well so the speed at which you introduce someone is an individual thing but just make sure you feel comfortable and in control of it and not like you're rushing it for reasons um, that don't feel good to you don't feel pressured to rush it quickly you know I've heard of many situations where people will be involved in seeing each other and one party really wants to meet the other person's kids much quicker than the other person is comfortable with and that's a great opportunity to practice boundaries and protection and to know that your loyalty really always needs to lay with your children Now, as I mentioned just before, I had spoken to my boys and said that I was feeling after a breakup where they saw me so upset, you know, that I was feeling like ready to start dating again and perhaps meet people and see how that was, you know, start dating again. And my my boys have that comprehension level and understanding and I'm always reassuring them you'll only ever meet someone I'm dating if I think that they're going to be around for a long period of time. The only thing that's certain is it's the three of us, you know, mum mum might go out on dates, but you're only going to meet someone who I feel like I've known for a long enough period of time and who I think that is a good fit for our family unit type of thing. So lots of reassurance. When I have dated in the past, like recently, like in the last six months, I have told the boys that, you know, they'll come home from their dads and they will say, what have you been up to mum? And I'll say, well, I did this podcast I went for a walk with so-and-so. I did this, did that, had dinner. I also ended up going on a date with someone and they'll say, oh, what's that person like? And I'll say, oh, they seem lovely and I'll let you know if I see them again type of thing. Just so that it's not a shock for them that they didn't think like, oh, all of a sudden mum's bringing someone home eventually and they didn't realize that was even an option. It's just kind of there in their peripheral vision. Um I think that it's nice that you, before introducing children to a partner, is to tell your kids about that person. You know, you might say, oh, for the last couple of months, I've been spending some time with so-and-so. Or you might like to introduce them as a friend. You know, it depends again on the age. I think with my boys, the first time I introduced them to a boyfriend, I had said, you know, it's mum's friend. And then they were like, he's your boyfriend, isn't he? So I was like, oh, okay, you guys are setting the tone here. You know, you know, your awareness is obviously greater than I realized for that age. But this time around, I had said, you know, I've been going on dates with someone. This is, you know, a a little bit of information about him. And eventually you might meet him if you guys feel comfortable as well. So you can tell your kids, like you don't have to hide that you're a human being who is dating if it's age appropriate. I feel as though children need a lot of reassurance that, um, you know, things aren't going to change because they like stability, particularly if they have gone through that family um, unit shift and things have been difficult for them. I often reassure the kids, you know, they're the most important thing. I'll always be there for them. Anyone who comes into our life is someone who I feel really strongly about, someone who I feel is going to care and be a great positive impact. 
you know, and ultimately a role model. I will always tell the boys, you've got a dad. Dad's always going to be your dad. Anyone that I'm seeing, you know, my boyfriend is never going to take the place of your dad. And I also reassure them that, you know, this person's coming in and they want to be your friend and get to know you. They're not going to come in and change things up such as, you know, I think it's important to protect their usual rhythm, not bringing someone into the dynamic who's going to make all of these changes and say, all right, this is the way that we're doing things now, because then the boys potentially would start to resent that person and connect a big change and disruption with that person as well. When it is time to introduce your children to your partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, someone you're dating, the first, um, well, actually, before we even get to the first meeting, I think it's a good idea that you tell your partner anything that they should know about the children. You know, things that, um, you know, if they've got special interests that could help them connect or bond, or if there are certain things that they really don't like. Like one of my boys just does not like enjoy sarcasm. He's, he gets like quite bothered by it. He doesn't like it. And so I am, I said that to Brendan, like just with this one, he doesn't get the sarcasm thing, you know? So if you're trying to make a swing with a sarcastic joke, it's not going to land with him and it's more going to confuse him than anything else. And so it's just, I guess, giving your partner the upper foot a little bit because it's overwhelming for them too, I'm sure. I've not been in that situation. I've not dated someone that has kids seriously enough to actually meet their children, but I can imagine it could be a really overwhelming experience um, to, to go into that situation, depending on the person's experience with children and the pressure and all of that. So I think it's good to tell both parties here, tell your kids, tell your partner, some information about one another give them a bit of scaffolding some bridging there some stepping stones with the first meeting I think it's nice that it's an activity or going out somewhere Um, and doing something helps it helps to um, break any tension it gives a focus to the meeting a common goal something you can experience enjoy things to easily talk about distraction as well so it's not sitting down around a table and making your kids feel like okay now you've got to get to know this person and making your partner feel like right now you've got to get to know them and I also think keeping it short and sweet is so powerful (laughs) like a play date you know there have been so many times when my boys are having plays with their friends and I'll look at the mum and be like we should wrap it up now while we're on a high leave on a good note short and sweet don't drag it out Don't be too overly ambitious and try and cram too much in, even if things are going well and on a high note. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I 
I also think with having an activity, that kind of allows kids to decide how much they want to engage with your partner versus how much they want to engage with other parts of the day. So they might feel more comfortable doing like a parallel play, like having that person next to them while engaging in an activity, or they might turn to them and fully engage them. But I think letting your kids be in control of how much they warm to or how much they let that person is in, excuse me, is a good idea. Not forcing anything is important. You know, don't make your kids do something. Don't put pressure on them. Don't put expectations on how it's going to go because when you have expectations or pressure, that's what it adds. It just adds pressure and it gets heavy and it feels like there's, you know, stakes, stakes on the line, like it's important. And of course it's important, but just let your kids be themselves. Don't give them, you know, any strict uh, directions on changing their behavior because if you become really uptight and you're like, oh, you've got to be this certain way and you've got to present to be like this, your kids are going to connect you going into that mode with this new person. And so there might be then a bit of resistance next time you want to all spend time together. Low pressure is so important and just don't force anything and make sure your partner knows that as well. Like, You're not expecting them to come in and have this automatic, insane bond where they're the very best of friends. And sure, that could happen. But it's more just like little bits of exposure, you know, a little bit of exposure. And that was one of the things um, that that happened when Brendan met the kids. When he met them, he did not come in hot and hard and like, oh, mum's told me this about you and da 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 and trying to get up in their face. He kind of just came in and this is like how he is in all situations, but I'm glad he was like this with the kids. He just kind of came in and like slotted in and just parallel to what was going on, observed the situation and didn't force anything. Um, he also would always purposefully choose to kind of sit a little further away from me, separate from me as to, I think, you know, not, not make the kids feel threatened that they were physically losing touch with mom or that they physically couldn't come over to me without having to go near him type of thing. And just making sure that they know like we're still separate people. And I know, I just think that was a really nice touch and something that's subconsciously signals to children that you know don't worry this person's not coming in to rock the boat they're not going to take your mum away they're not going to monopolize all of mum's time and attention because kids can feel like that you know they can feel grief for how the family unit has changed or even if that's not the situation if they've had a single mum from day dot They can have fear over losing that bond and intimacy and connection with their mum. So reassuring kids and again, letting someone come in and not forcing anything, um, it can just help your kids to adjust. And it is an adjustment period. And so sometimes the wheels are going to come off. There might be speed wobbles as you're introducing someone and things that you've got to figure out as you go along. And that's one of the things I've got written down to talk about. It's being mindful that this is a big thing for kids. It can be a big thing. And so whilst 
you know, they might seem happy on the surface or maybe they're not even happy on the surface. Maybe they're fully telling you, I hate that person. I don't like this. I don't want that. You've got to look for their behavior because it might come out in other ways. It might come out in sleep disruption. It might come out in acting up at class because kids need certainty. And when uncertainty is introduced, depending on their temperaments, it will come up to the surface. So as their mom or their dad, as their carer, you've got to be looking for those signals that tell you, okay, I need to pull back and go a little slower here. Or okay, they're coping, they're managing, we can press on. And again, you know, on the topic of reading things, read the room when they are interacting over the course of letting your partner get to know your kids. And I think just gradual, slow stepping stones is a really nice way to do it, particularly if it's the first person that they are meeting. And reading the room, not forcing things. What I mean by that is, are there those natural opportunities that are presenting where you can pull back a little bit and allow your partner to build that bond and connection and bridging with your child? You know, you might all be sat around building Lego. And so you might excuse yourself to go and make a cup of tea or use the bathroom and create that window of time where they can safely bond um, and get to know each other without any pressure or without you feeling like you have to kind of micromanage it. I've had parents ask me over the last couple of years, have I ever felt pressure that my children behave a certain way in front of people? And yeah, I think I think we all do to varying degrees. We all have to remember that our children are actually, even though they came from us, they're not a representation of us and you've got to disentangle. And that's something I learned is I would rather someone meets the kids for how they truly are versus have them. And this is the same with me. I've said this in countless podcasts. When it comes to dating, I want someone to love me and like me for who I actually am. And I would rather that someone doesn't like me for how I am quickly versus likes a certain version of me. So just let your kids be themselves And your partner will hopefully be able to find some common ground somewhere to bond and connect with them. And that's important. You know, if you're dating someone who is kind and caring and cares about you, they're going to want to care about your children as well and get to know your kids. But it takes time. And just, I think I can't. I just can't stress enough the importance of communicating with your children and of course with your partner as well. Really clear comms, you know, if there's a situation that arises, you know, like an example might be, um, I can give you a real life example. When one of the boys had to go to hospital recently, the other one had the opportunity to stay at home with Brendan. But instead of saying in front of Brendan, Oh, like, but are you comfortable? Are you happy to stay with Brendan? Because I know him. I know that he would feel like he has to say yes in front of someone. I waited until he went to the bathroom and then I walked in while he was washing his hands and I bent down and I gave him a hug and I said, hey, you don't have to stay at home at all. Totally fine. We've done this before. We're the three best friends. Get our stuff and we go to the hospital. You don't have to stay here. And Brendan will not be offended at all. 
he's happy to get into bed and have an early night. So you can come with me. We'll grab your jumper. It's no problem. And just really letting him know there's no expectation from me for him to feel comfortable to stay at home with Brendan. And in that situation, he was like, nah, I want to go draw. Like I want to draw with Brendan. I'm, I'm totally fine. But it's just creating those windows. I think it's important where there's just no pressure where they feel like they have to perform they have to give the right answer or they feel forced to do things lots of conversation about what they're comfortable with reassuring kids that you're never going to force them to call your boyfriend dad um you know if that's not something that they want to do or that all of you you know including their dad is comfortable with as well comms with your partner about how it's going um I think is important as well, letting them know you're reading the room, you're watching their behavior. Also, what sort of expectations you each have. It's a good idea to talk about what you're comfortable with in terms of your partner. I don't want to say dictating, but like I'll just speak completely freely. Brendan knows 100%. He's, and I say he's not to, but he, I mean, he wouldn't anyway. But my stance is the person that I'm involved with is not to do any of the disciplining of the children. That's my role. Um, You know, because I don't want them to resent him and feel as though he's come in and he's trying to parent these kids that he's only just getting to know. So having clear boundaries, because you might be involved with someone who is a parent themselves and they feel that natural, well-intentioned response to remind your kids to use their manners or to tell their kids what to to tell your kids what to do and I just think that can create unnecessary friction so having a conversation with your partner about what is their role in this family unit where do you see them fitting in what are the things that you want to be mindful of you know that with Brendan we've both had this conversation and we will keep having this conversation as things evolve about what does it look like for him to be involved in our family unit? Well, he wants to be a friend to the boys and a role model. He wants to be someone that they can come to and ask questions and feel safe with. He's not coming in hot going, I'm going to raise these kids and we're going to do it this way or that way. He's like, I don't, you know, I hope that makes sense. He wants to come in as their friend, but he also isn't going to come in and be like, oh, it's the boys against mum and we're going to minimize mum. And one of the things that I'm really grateful for that Brendan does is he always speaks really highly about me in front of the kids. And I've never had that before. And you just see the boys light up. You see them light up because they still at their age feel that they're part of me. And so if someone speaks poorly about me, that hurts their little heart and soul. And so when they're exposed to someone speaking highly of me and praising me, you can see the positive impact that has on them. And, you know, it's the role model thing is really nice. Like Brendan's a very caring person. And particularly when we all had COVID, he was really there in the trenches caring for us. And I could see the way that the boys were observing him caring trickled down, you know, like because he kept tucking blankets into all like onto all of us and making sure we were all comfortable. And when he would go to work, the boys would then do the same thing, like create little beds for me and tuck me in. 
And it was just like a very nice moment of being like, oh, you know, this is a role that he can effortlessly play in the family. And I don't mean role as in act, but like a position he can come in and fill in this family in so many ways where the boys do look up to him. And because he's not coming in and trying to discipline them or coming in with big expectations of wanting them to be any other way than how they are, it's allowed for this very easy, um, easy bond to form, which I'm so grateful for. And like, who knows what will unfold with their bond and their relationship, but it's such a beautiful thing to watch. And it can be such a gift. It doesn't need to be this really difficult, challenging time. It can have so many great positive things when you are introducing someone to your children. Something that Monique Harding said in our interview together on Blending a Family um, was that it's important to let kids feel like they get a say, but not that they get to vote. And I've really like held on to that because I like the sentiment of like, you want your kids to feel like they can come to you and tell you anything. But as the parent, you also need them to know that you're the one that's going to make the decisions that are best for them and best for the whole unit, because that's your job. And you don't want your kids to have that pressure of making big decisions, even though they might present to act like they want it. You know, they might come to you and be like, this is what I want to happen. Really, they're looking for a boundary. They need that boundary in place. And that's our job as parents to instill that. So try not to be too disheartened if your children don't love your new partner straight away or if it, you know, is up and down and it ebbs and flows. It doesn't mean that you are never going to have um, a harmonious relationship or that your kids are never going to bond with them. They could just be testing the boundaries. So giving your kids the space to have a say doesn't necessarily mean that they also get the space to vote and to dictate because firmness and assurance from us is a good thing. Hopefully me spewing out some of these thoughts is helpful. Um, Again, it's a different thing, I think, when you're blending a family where there's children on both sides. It's a different dynamic. With my um, experience in having Brendan integrate into our family and us integrate with him, it has had so much ease around it. And I think a couple of those things that I've shared have has had to do with it. But I also think a lot of it has to do with the way um, Brendan has come in and just allowed them to be themselves. When I asked him about this episode like I just sent him a message before and said I'm going to record an episode on this topic do you have any thoughts to add and he just wrote back within a couple of minutes and said like just soft and gradual and slow don't come in too hot and in their face find out what the kids are into and try to relate or learn from them choose activities with all of the family don't parent them be their friend So he's just summed up in like five dot points what it's now taken me probably like 45 minutes to explain from my perspective. Classic difference there between sometimes the masculine and feminine way of communicating. I would love to hear from you if this episode has been helpful. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode with Monique Harding where we speak about blending families, please do because there are stats in there that are interesting like the fact that it can take five years to blend a family when there are children involved. 
you know, and I, as I said, I can't speak to the experience of dating someone with kids nor integrating, you know, to family units, like, you know, having kids on both sides together because I've not done that. But the boys do have that on their dad's side. And from the outside, I can see there are so many more complex dynamics at hand. You know, it was challenging when the boys realized, oh, when dad's not with us, he's with other children. That was hard for the boys to cope with. Also, you know, I guess different rules for different children, adapting, like it's, it's a lot. And that's one of the things like for me, parenting the boys, I try to be so mindful that what I see in their life, yes, like I'm across most of the things, but really at this age, and I mean, they're only eight turning nine this year, but I still only see the tip of the iceberg of their life. So when they come back home to me, I, I'm not privy to all of the, complex, the complexities of what's going on for them in that dynamic and all of the things that are happening at school. So it's like you just have to be really aware to tread carefully with kids because they are such complex little creatures and they're learning and they're growing and they don't have an adult prefrontal cortex to always predict outcomes or to always interpret what things mean. And so we've got to be empathetic. We've got to be patient and just aware and mindful. I know for both of my boys, the end of the day, when they go to bed, I sit with them for a bit while they're falling asleep and they can fall asleep without me sitting in there. But it's this window of time that I've created where it's just the three of us. And sometimes they'll sleep in the same room. Um, More often than not, they won't these days. They'll go into their own bedrooms. And so if that's the case, I'll like time hop, you know, 10 minutes with one, 10 minutes with the other type of thing. But that's our time where it's like just soul time. They can spew out whatever they need to spew out. That's when I'll reassure them. That's the time of day I set, like tell them how proud I am of them, just check in with them, make sure they know how much I love them. And I guard that, you know, even though Brendan's here most nights or a lot of nights, um, I protect that bedtime rhythm. That's the thing that I do with them. They know that they've got that window of time with mum and that, yeah, that's not going to be taken away from them regardless of the situation. Um, yeah, I didn't touch on sleepovers, did I? I don't think I did. It's in my notes as well. Um, sleepovers, again, just taking a bit of time, letting your partner get to know your kids before rushing into a sleepover. Feel it out. Um, I remember Brendan was down one night and the boys were like, stay over, stay over. Like they really wanted him to sleep over before he'd ever stayed over while they were here. And so he didn't that night, but it's just reading the room on how they're going to feel about it and reassuring the boys. If Brendan stays over, my bedroom door's still open. I will still be on this same side. You still come into me. If you are scared of the rain, you come to my side of the bed. If you have a bad dream, you come to my side of the bed. I am still always here and always available to you and nothing's going to change in that way. Um, Some things that do change when Brendan is staying over like the boys um, then, you know, when they're having showers, instead of the bathroom door being left over, they close it. So it's just allowing them to have their own, of course, their own boundaries and their own um, like little safety mechanisms. You know, if it's just the three of us, the boys will get changed for school out in the lounge room of a morning. But when Brendan's here, I'll just, 
you know, say to them, you know, grab your pajamas and go and get changed in the bathroom, like just making everyone comfortable um, and also communicating as well with their dad, letting him know, hey, I'm seeing this person, they're, you know, getting to know the kids, blah, blah, blah. That's important as well, because back to what I said before about as parents, we only have this tiny little peephole into our children's day. So you want to give the other parent intel into what's going on so that they can be looking for behavior as well. All right. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode, let me know, take a screenshot, share it on your stories. I hope it's helpful if you're in this situation and I hope it's helpful even if you're not, because it might just be able to provide some food for thought or context when you are having a conversation with someone who perhaps is, you know, experiencing this dynamic of meeting someone dating but also being a mum or a dad as always it would mean the world to me if you do let me know if you've not yet subscribed to the podcast make sure you do subscribe leave a rating and a review if you enjoy the podcast if you don't you don't need to it's fine (laughs) Um, and you can always join us in our free facebook group the link is in the show notes thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 